two short seasons of podcasting experience, and I'm having such a great time growing Blended on the Bluff. In season three, I go deeper into specific tools that will help you blend beautifully together. Hey, hey, welcome to season three, episode number nine. If you've been in Christian circles for even a short period of time, you're likely to have heard the expression that God turns a mess into a message. And it's quite possible that as a member of a blended family, you may feel like you haven't quite received the message regarding the purpose of the challenges that you're facing right now. May I invite you to step outside of the mess momentarily and check out the tools and strategies to build your stepfamily legacy and begin living it right now. Our latest coaching opportunities can be found on stepfamilypodcast.com. And if you've got questions, drop us an email at hello at stepfamilypodcast.com today. Now, on to my next guest, who shares a bit of her own mess that she's turned not only into a message, but really a movement. I'm pleased to welcome Mary Whitman Ortiz to the bluff today. Hey there, everybody. Jen Rogers, Blended on the Bluff. I'm very, very pleased to have another expert joining me on the show today. I have been doing these podcast guests now, I don't know, for months, and they are a hoot. I absolutely love them. And my guests are so much fun, a joy to have. So I'm very excited to welcome Mary Whitman Ortiz to the program. And she is a relationship coach and a Christian sex educator. So it's about to get good, guys and gals. Listen up. Welcome, Mary. (laughs) Hey, I am so glad to be here. We've got some juicy stuff to talk about today. We certainly do. And uh, we did start our pre-meeting off with a prayer that the Lord seasons our words with salt. And uh, I just felt compelled to pray for the Lord to uh, open your ears to hear and to receive. Mm -hmm. And um, I think oftentimes what women in particular focus on is uh, they have a spirit of judgment when they're evaluating what's going on in their life. Hmm. And so I want to invite each woman who is listening in particular, the men as well, uh, to set aside the judgment and to be curious about what we're going to talk about today so that you can ask yourself questions like, what if this were true? Hmm. Would my life change if I did something different? Is this something that God is calling me to pursue? So uh, I I just think it's really important that we take a position of curiosity. So I know, Mary, that many are curious about sex and sex in Christian circles and uh, lots of layers of, hmm, I don't even know what to say, lots of layers. (laughs) That's so true. Absolutely. So I know you did some prep work as far as sharing some things with our audience today. So I'm just going to hand it over to you to start off and we'll just talk from there. So please share a little bit about um, this uh, taking care of some important gift of sex and sexuality that God has given us. Well, I love being here. Thank you so much. It just feels safe and and like family. So I I thank you for what you've created. 
And I love how you just phrased that because it is a gift. I believe that sexual intimacy is God's gift to marriage. And sometimes I picture this like Christmas morning and there's the tree and it's all lit up and there's presents and presents and presents. And as a child, you would go down and just wee and want to tear into those and you'd have so much excitement. And that is the feeling I know that God wants for his children, men and women, husbands, wives together to be excited, to have anticipation about what sexual intimacy is in marriage. Unfortunately, in our culture, there are some obstacles. There's obstacles from the media that we're exposed to. There's even obstacles in like traditional church beliefs. So the the picture of a beautiful gift is what we are going for, even though we know there are a few things to wade through along the way. Yeah, and everybody comes to this point Um, wherever they are right now, the journey to this point has been very different. So I know there's a wide variety of experiences Mm -hmm. from witnessing a happily married couple who enjoyed sexual intimacy all the way to trauma, any level of trauma associated with sexual intimacy. And, and I know in your coaching programs and the things that you do, you work with a wide variety of people working through what it's kind of like Jesus, you meet them right where they are. And then you go from there. (laughs) Yeah. And the numbers are huge. It's really um, one in three women who have suffered through some type of sexual dysfunction, abuse, trauma, and it can be as common as not being able to talk to your spouse easily about sex or it can be as extreme as human trafficking, which of course that information is very prevalent in our culture today too. Right. Yeah. I, I'm thinking about when we uh, experience the, the darker side associated with sex and sexuality, mm-hmm. that there's a lot of shame associated with that. Sure, and sure. that shame, I mean, even as I think about it, I, I want to cower a little bit. My mm. shoulders come together a little bit more because I know that there are people out there who have really been hurt. And so before we share some words of encouragement uh, from the work that we do with the mm-hmm. clients that we serve, I just want to serve, uh, I want to I want to lift these people up in prayer right now. and. Mm. I just want them to know that if they were hurt, it's not their fault, right? It's not their fault. And so if you're listening and you're hurt right now, I'm so sorry. Mm. So sorry. And you can't change that. You can't change what happened to you, Mm. but maybe perhaps this moment here as you're listening is the moment to see hope in your future, despite the pain in your past. Yeah. And I, I, I know Mary's a person who can deliver that with the work that she does because she has a passion for the Lord and she has a passion for women embracing their worth and mm. their value. And so um, it's okay, wherever you are right now, it's okay. And I want, I want you to know that there, there is a future there where you can move from the hurt 
and Mm -hmm. embrace the healing. And that's not done through anything that Mary or I do. That's all through the power of Jesus. That's where that comes from. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about what what you had queued up for us as far Mm -hmm. as how women are dealing with their sexuality and their sex life if they're struggling a little bit. Sure. Well, it's interesting. Research tells us that the number one reason that couples come in for sex therapy is actually low sexual desire. And um, typically it's the woman's desire that is lower, but that is not the case uh, 100%. What is the case 100% is that the desire levels will be different. And it, for husbands and wives, they could be different even without their, their lifetime together. That can fluctuate. Certainly, there are many factors that impact desire, but it's a given that they're going to be different. And um, it's a given that uh, I think that's part of God's design because we need each other. And when we have differences, when we can recognize that differences can be strengths or at the very least they can be appreciated, then you start to build um, a setting where everybody feels welcome and their voice is matters and they have input. So it brings both spouses to the table. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so I'm thinking that if uh, couples are having trouble communicating, they're certainly going to experience trouble in their sex life if they're dissatisfied because their communication level is not in a trusting place or a safe place for whatever reason. So all of this ties together and this coupling together in marriage, it's why it involves all of us, the whole leave and cleave. Like there's Mm -hmm. the cleaving is serious business. (laughs) You know, it's interesting. Sometimes when I do introductions, I, I talk right about that communication. And I say, you know, when couples struggle with communication in their marriage and it leads to the cold shoulder treatment, which then leads to the no touchy the toes under the sheets treatment. So there is a progression there, uh, whether we like it or not, that is definitely the case. But I want to um, share with the listeners what research says is the number one reason for low desire. So we know couples come in for low desire, but what is the cause of that? And there there are so many and their reasons and their um unique and specific to each couple at each stage of their life. But the number one reason for low desire is fatigue. Mm -hmm. And truly, after um, the world facing the pandemic, that these fatigue levels are increasing. And in some ways, maybe what we learn during this season will help us in years to come because we will have become more aware of what fatigue is and how to address it. I know for, um, for busy, maybe type A's that, um, that stress has almost become a badge of, well, I can do it. I can do anything. And, um, haven't realized that stress isn't necessarily your friend. So that, that place of fatigue robs us significantly when we don't address it. 
So if I'm a mom and I have four kids pulling on my shirt sleeves, (laughs) I'm likely going to be ready to crash at the end of the day, for sure. Uh, If I'm a stay-at-home mom, uh, and a lot of people are stay-at-home moms because of what's gone on with the pandemic. So it's this this pressure, this really heavier weight. I mean, I, I certainly would say I've experienced that since this has been going on, that the spiritual darkness is, it's dark, it's heavy, it's weighty. Mm -hmm. And this constant lack of not knowing what comes next. One, I think it does, it does a good thing in the sense is it reminds us that there's not very much in our control at all. (laughs) There's really not. Uh, but yet I know you're going to get to a couple points where you're going to say there are some things that are in our control to reduce the level of fatigue that we experience or to increase the enjoyment and excitement and intimacy in our sexual relationships with our partners. Mm-hmm. So I know that you're going to talk about that too. Uh, but I think sometimes, well, I know the first step in solving a problem is identifying that you have a problem for sure. And uh, again, I, we, we alluded to shame earlier in the program. And I would say that that is, that's an ongoing battle. It's maybe a commingling of shame and pride or a judgment. I should mm. be able to fill in the blank instead right. of um, going back to what I encouraged listeners earlier. I'm curious, why do I not enjoy sex right now? Or why am I so tired? So instead of this hammer on your head, I'm so tired, I can't get it right. Why am I so tired? Why do I feel like I can't get it right? And I know you have lots to respond to on that. So go ahead. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Well, with that fatigue and that question of asking why, I don't have um, research to back this up, but I do know that when we begin to recognize that there are issues, um, sometimes the reason we don't take action is because we don't have self-care as a value. We don't prioritize taking care of ourselves. Certainly, women are known for putting themselves at the bottom of their list and taking care of everyone else. And even if they check everything off their list, the list never ends. It just renews and um, which can cause more stress. So being able to put themselves on the list is, is huge. And I've even framed it that self-care is not selfish, but not practicing self-care is selfish. Because you've, if you don't take care of yourself, then you are never going to be able to step into your full purpose and to be a blessing to those around you and to um, touch the lives that you want to have that love flowing through you. So self-care is it's more important than I think we have given its due in the past. Mm-hmm. I wonder how much uh, comparison plays a role. So if you and I, uh, get together often and we talk about what's going on in our each other's lives is there a comparison going on there i'm a woman so look ladies 
Uh, the answer is yes, there is. All right. <laughs> I already know. I mean, this isn't a real question. This is just stating the obvious, I guess, in a question mm. format. <laughs> but in the, uh, you know, God tells us that there is no comparison with him, mm. that he has made each one of us uniquely and he has gifted us with different talents. So if Mary is a marathon runner and I am not a marathon runner, comparing my physique to a runner's physique is not going to be good for me and probably actually not going to be good for our relationship either, because that comparison can often lead to, well, comparison has friends, you know, enemies, frenemies, whatever that is, (laughs) resentment and joy stealing and all of those Mm. when you get caught up in comparison. So as you talk about some key things that people can do, specific things that they can do for self-care. I just want to encourage those listening that remember, we're being curious. So is this going to work for me? So if you're not a marathon runner and Mary's going to say, I think if you got up and ran a marathon every day, that'd be great for you. (laughs) Know that that might not be great for you. Uh, That what you need is at 11 o'clock in the mornings, you need to grab a cup of coffee or a cup of tea and sit in a chair with a book. Mm. Maybe Friday night is your bubble bath night where your husband is responsible for what's going on in the rest of the house and you're sitting in the bubble bath. And for me, I'd have a nice glass of wine in there too. And I'd been there (laughs) a long time. So for each one of us, this self-care is going to look a little different, but I think there's mm-hmm. one common denominator and I'm going to let you tell me if I'm right or not, because I don't know, I'm guessing, but the one common denominator is taking the time to focus on what your body is telling you that you need. Uh-huh. So oh, that is the, uh, I, I totally agree with that. And you have to have that awareness going on, self-awareness to, to, and experiment different things to figure out what does my body need. If it is complete rest, if it's just a change of scenery and a little bit of fun and exploration. I mean, for some people it is going on a hike or doing something that's invigorating and has their, um, their discovery button all charged up. So as you said, totally different for everyone. But I want to mention why another reason why self-care doesn't happen. So they, they might not be aware of what their body and their whole person is telling them. And another reason that women sometimes don't enter into self-care is because they don't think they're, they're worth it. And it's that not good enough message. So I know that aligns um, with the, the judgment message that you were saying earlier. But if you don't believe that God made you as this wonderful, unique individual that is is worthy of love and attention and care, if you don't see that value in yourself, then it's going to be difficult to carve out that time for you. So that is a really, really core issue. How do you see yourself? What value do you place on who you are? And have there been negative messages and lies that are are robbing you of that. So I really, you have to um, recognize what those lies are and kick them to the curb and replace them with God's truth about who you are, this wonderful, beautiful, valued person 
So when that is going on inside of you, it really re-engages you to see, you know, God says, I am worth taking care of myself. And the scripture tells us to love our neighbor as ourselves. So that is a part of the, the mindset shift that happens that begins to open up every other door in your life and then also within your relationship. I love that. That's so beautiful. And it makes me think of women of influence. So I, I love working with women uh, and encouraging them to uh, grow into what I can already see in them. Mm-hmm. That, uh, you know, when you get to know people, you know what they're good at and mm-hmm. you see their potential in new creative ways that they may not see. And that may be the reason why God puts you together to help one another see what is possible and to break through some of what I believe are limiting beliefs that we yeah. yes. poorly of ourselves. Yet in my passion of working with women, uh, you are a woman of influence. Mm. Now you can say, well, I'm not a mom. I don't have kids. Okay. Are you a sister? Are you an aunt? Uh, do you talk with any other person on planet earth at any other <laughs> point in time? Uh, because you are a woman of influence. And I think the real question is what influence do you want to share And if we are so exhausted and strung out all the time, that really steals our influence. Mm -hmm. It steals our impact. It it takes away from our ability to be a role model for other people by using the gifts that we have. Our gifts get hidden, I think, as well in, in the exhaustion. And so as a woman of influence, if your uh, shoulders are shrugged right now, I'm going to Stand up straight and claim this, that you are a woman of influence. You are a beautiful woman of influence. And it's so much more than a scriptural quip, I want to say. You know, Mm, we talk around in Christian circles. Oh, yeah, God has a plan for you. Oh, God won't do this or God won't do that. You know, God, God does... I don't even know they're escaping my brain cells. I think my, my... frustration over these, uh, short answers that we say, Oh, well, here you go. We'll just give you a pat answer from the Bible. It's, it doesn't, if somebody's really hurting it, it's not enough to say that God's with you in it. You got to be in, we are made for community, which Mm -hmm. ties into sexuality as well, but we are made to share life, to do life together. And so, yes, Jesus is with you, but he's not asking you to be alone. He's asking you to be a woman of influence by sharpening the the saw, right? By this, Mm. um, I guess you said, you know, talking about the worth and knowing that God knows every, the number of hairs on our head, for example, or that we are the apple of his eye. You and I know that not because we've just spoken that over each other, but because we go to God's word and we find out who God says we are. So it takes me back to wherever you are right now, whatever hurt that you've come to this communication with, God is inviting you to use it all in power as a woman of influence, valuing the worth 
that he has placed in you because he loves you. Yes. Yeah. That has so many beautiful repercussions or an overflow because when you have identified those things in yourself, it, it lowers your anxiety. And then the the atmosphere, even within your marriage changes. And when that anxiety is, is reduced, then, then both spouses feel more comfortable coming forward, being authentic, being fully present, feeling free to express themselves. So it, it really begins that change in um, a significant way. And then that opens them up for more vulnerability in their intimacy on every level and especially in sexual intimacy. Mm-hmm. And, and it's so important. And it's not just important for procreation. Obviously, God said, uh, multiply, <laughs> be <laughs> fruitful and multiply. But in the being fruitful, I think there's a enjoy your sex with your partner, right? Mm, Husbands yes. and wives, enjoy this. This is a beautiful thing. It's an absolutely beautiful thing. And uh, it does, it takes practice too, doesn't it? <laughs> which should be fun <laughs> right right oh gosh I think we probably have a lot of um too much expectation on how we'll perform or how it's going to go down because there are a lot of distorted views about uh sexu- sexuality and sex in general have come at us in the world and we're in the world 24 7 so we get bombarded mm-hmm. all those times that we're not in the word we are in the world working to apply the word and so if we need i know for me it's always a good thing go spend a little more time in the word to offset all that stuff that's coming at you from the world because sure messy stuff and it's distorted and it's meant to confuse because we know that Satan is a liar. That's what he does. That's his number one job, his number one skill set. <laughs> and he's been practicing it for a long time. So we have a responsibility to practice knowing God's word, knowing mm-hmm. that we are treasured and knowing that God does want us to enjoy this gift of sex. Yes. Yes. And that, that safety that you create within your marriage opens up more freedom. It encourages that sense of security and even longevity. It, it really begins to, to lay layers, which um, creates a, a stronger bond. And, and certainly as we age, as we transition through life from early married and all of the child birthing, rearing years and all the transitions. And there can be health issues. There can be different stresses. So we're always changing and adapting and that adapting needs to happen in our sex life as well. But if we have valued one another, then it's an us, it's an us against the, um, the situation or it's an us against the the illness or whatever. It's, it doesn't, pull you apart. It pulls you together and you realize, ah, it's another time for us to grow, for us to adapt, for us to find new ways, new positions, new um, ways to express ourselves so that we continue that closeness. Yeah. So as you were talking, what came to mind is that you are not the problem. You may have a problem. There you go. 
but you are not the problem. And perhaps that can help people disengage from any shame or false expectations that may surround whatever challenge that they're dealing with right now, but you are not the problem. Uh, and so that's why it's important that people do seek help. So I, I'm curious if I were having a problem mm-hmm. <laughs> and I came to you, like, how, what does that look like? How could you help me? What would, I mean, how would I have even the courage to reach out? How would I know to do that? Right. Oh, there's so many layers to that. I start everyone with uh, what I call my love sense questionnaire. And it helps you to identify what is your perspective towards a lot of things, but our goal is to understand intimacy. And and you can identify what did your family of origin communicate about sex, either directly or indirectly? And did you have messages from church or a bigger sense in your community that influenced you? And as we mentioned earlier, did you have any experiences that, that, shaped you, even if you weren't aware, didn't put your finger on it. So you bring all of that to your marriage and your spouse brings their own set of experiences and beliefs to marriage. And we we typically assume that our partner or basically everyone, that they see things the way we do. And it's just not true. So being able to know what you, um, what you believe and what your goals are, that is a part of the process. It's very free. And to do it with a trained professional helps so much. It's, it's great. I'm thrilled for, for girlfriends in different situations where the conversation opens. But having that objective professional view really helps. And then um, for me, we I personalize a plan. What? It's not a cookie cutter because everyone has different things that they are working on. It just depends on where they are on that spectrum. If they have a lot of hurt and wounds from the past to overcome, if their relationship has just gotten to a place where they're kind of at this roommate status and they're like, oh my gosh, we lost something and we we want it back, that would be a different process. Or if there are special um, circumstances that with there is an, an illness or a major life transition, and now we need to do intimacy a little differently. So there's all across the board um, ways that we can work and get you to, hey, that that wonderful oneness that God intended for us. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting as I continue to work with clients I see a lot of basic aha moments in this sense. I didn't really know that I could get better at this. I I didn't really know that hiring a coach was actually going to impact my life in ways that have nothing to do with this specialized coaching or counseling or therapy that I'm receiving. It's just like if you're going to eat Doritos all day long, every day, uh, the output is, well, it's not going to be good (laughs) (laughs) versus if you give yourself good, whole, real food, you're the energy level, the perspective, the, you'll, you'll feel better. And we Mm -hmm. know that when we feel better, when we take the time to nurture the things in us that we haven't taken the time to nurture, uh, 
we, we, the, the outcomes are going to be different because our mindset is going to be different. So addressing one thing, again, I think I just really want to push away this idea that, that we are problematic. And instead that this is another part of the journey that we're on. Mm. I often think, Mary, I think about toddlers or not quite toddlers yet, but right before they're learning to walk and Mm -hmm. they start and we're all, we're on the edge of our seats, right? Oh my gosh, it's going to happen. Today's the day they're, they're going to take their first step and we've got pictures and posts and all of that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then when they fall down, what do we do? (laughs) We, we, we pat them on their little tushy and put them back up and, and let them know you can do it. And, and it's the same as adults, whether you're in your twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, or beyond, it's the same. We just, we're not learning to walk now. Now we're practicing something else. We're honing our skills in this area, uh, whether the skill is our mindset. When I have mm. this thought that comes in and attacks me, I know that I can actually replace this thought that I can Mm. reject that thought. And because I've been practicing renewing my mind, I can remember what my coach Mary told me about sexuality (laughs) and about intimacy. And I can choose to just keep focusing on that. And when people do that, that's my favorite thing to see is when there's this recognition, oh my gosh, this is impacting so many areas of my life. And I'm sure your experience with your clients have been the same. Absolutely. I remember one story specifically, and a woman told me, my husband thinks it's Christmas every day because they had had such a transition from some difficulties together. And now there was so much more freedom and joy. And I'm like, oh, that's wonderful. That's exactly what I was hoping for you. Yeah, that is really wonderful. And it, it's um, it's a, a small uh, piece of heaven here on earth, right? We're not, mm-hmm. we're, we're not going to attain that joy in every single moment and every single day um, that particular way, but we can choose to find the joy in wherever we are. And again, just remain curious about why am I here right now? And what do I want to do with what I have so that I can move from, if I'm in a stuck situation, I can move from stuck to unstuck yes. and not just unstuck, but really enjoying being unstuck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So as a relationship coach and a Christian sex educator, what is one of the most common misconceptions people have about sex therapy? Oh, boy. (laughs) Well, thankfully, I guess my descriptions have um, put me in a good place. But I I know from colleagues, there, I am not a sex coach, per se. So there will be no touching involved with the work that I do. I mean, my clients are going to touch each other, but I'm not touching them. So that is another... um, realm altogether. So that could be um, a misconception. And I think the, uh, they, couples may think the problem is about sex, but it's probably something much deeper than that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
Yes, everything is interrelated, is it not? It is. <laughs> it totally is. We have five senses for a reason. It makes me think about a marriage conference that uh, my husband and I attended. Uh, we are, this is blended on the bluff. So we are blended. Uh, so we've been married a uh, little over six and a half years now. And in the first year of marriage, we actually went to a marriage conference. And I would mm-hmm. say a misconception that I had was you go to a marriage conference when you're in trouble. You don't go as preventative maintenance. <laughs> But uh, this marriage is different. It's very different. Uh, and we did go and it was really, uh, it was really helpful. Mm. And uh, we went with a willingness to learn. And so I know that when uh, people are seeking help, part of that, I mean, they can only, we can't fix, quote unquote, fix anybody. Um but we can offer an avenue for them to pursue where they can improve whatever it is that they're after, that they're seeking as long as they're willing to do that. Right. But in this marriage conference, the one thing that sticks with me is this description of the male versus the female brain and the female brain that it's this um, ball of yarn and that it's just all interwoven. uh, And the male brain is, more like a hotel building and that you have all these rooms. And so men are in one room at a time mm-hmm. and that's the only place that they are. Yeah. But women, well, I remember when I did this, I was wearing this, this was cooking on the stove. I remember it wasn't really well that day. <laughs> uh, so we have this, um, w- things come together very differently for us. So Oftentimes when it comes to sex, not having sex or struggling with sex has very little to do with the actual act of sex Mm -hmm. and everything Mm -hmm. to do with all these things that are connected, whether it's a smell or a memory, um, any of those things. Well, would you agree? Oh, totally. And the the example that I use, and it didn't originate with me, but that women are like spaghetti and men are like waffles. So that, and and women will carry the weight of what's going on in their mind. And then also that's not enough. So my children, oh no, is there an assignment due tomorrow? And then it's, oh my goodness, did I put the laundry from the washer to the dryer? And, and those thoughts will come to women, even while they're in bed with their husband, trying to be engaged in intimacy. So they are, are wrestling with that. Whereas men with their, their hotel rooms, what's interesting, uh, that may not have been the right analogy to use at that moment, but um, men with their separate <laughs> blocks of thought, um, they, men have nothing rooms. They have spaces in their head, in their brain, in their thoughts where they can be thinking about nothing, which is frustrating. Women really don't believe it. There is, of course, the science to back that up. But I I think God has a sense of humor when he designed us and and brought all of those pieces together. Mm -hmm. Well, it sounds like um, there is hope if you're struggling with uh, sex and uh, there is uh, definitely a lot of resources out there. So I would encourage you to look for the resource that is steeped in God's word, mm. that we understand um, God's design for marriage, God's design for sex, God's design for families. It's so important that 
we apply those and they're not, we don't separate those. And I think that that mm-hmm. is um, also a stumbling block for people that we think it's unholy to think about sex, for mm-hmm. example. Yet uh, we are holy because the one who created us is holy and he calls us to be holy in all that we do. So scripture does not say except sex, be <laughs> holy <laughs> in all that you do. And yes. so I really, um, if I had a, a word of encouragement, I would encourage people in that way to understand that there is a holiness in mm. this intimacy that God has created. Uh, and it's a beautiful, beautiful gift that he's given us. And he, we're meant to enjoy it. I am right there with you 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So you have, we were talking earlier and you said you have a rate your intimacy quiz. (laughs) Yes. Well, we all love to complete those quizzes. And this one has you answer a series of questions. It's very brief, but not only will it it peg where you are on on a spectrum, it gives you your next steps to begin to create more intimacy. That's usually the goal. Usually the goal is to have a deeper connection, a a greater understanding, more valuing, hearing, valuing, loving one another. So it it provides all of those in one simple quiz. All right. I love it. I do love taking those quizzes. I've taken a bunch of them (laughs) and I'm always excited to learn what the results are. So Mm -hmm. I will put in the show notes, your web address so it's marywhitmanortiz.com, but I'll have the link in the show notes so that people can click there. So if they just click on your website, then they'll be able to see the quiz or you'll send it's me a link. right there, the very first page. Yes. Wonderful. Wonderful. So uh, I have one final question for you. Okay. Okay. Why do you do what you do? Oh my goodness. <laughs> the short answer is, God brings a message out of your mess. So I have things from my past where there is a lot of hurt and wounds and dysfunction in regards to sexual um, experiences, things done to me. Um, And so he brought healing. And when I was, after my whole identity and dignity were restored, I thought, oh, this is so good to not share. And there were just so many other women who were going through similar things. So went back to school, got my master's degree, you know, coaching and all of the additional training that I've done, because I, I don't want people to miss out on the goodness that God has planned for them. Wow. What a perfect message. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. And thank you for coming on the bluff today. Uh, I'm very excited to uh, continue our collaboration together and to um, promote joy and excitement over what God has already given us. It's, yeah. um, it's already here. We just have to reach out and receive the gift. So I, I so appreciate the work that you do. It's important work that you do. Um, just um, bringing joy back to sexual intimacy. I love it so much. So again, you can find the quiz and a bunch of other great information too. I've been to our website. So I know I've read some of the blog posts. So there's some good stuff in there. So marywhitmanortiz.com. Mary, thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. Well, that's a wrap. Be sure to check out the quiz 
at Mary's website and also check out the resources that are available at stepfamilypodcast.com. All right, y'all take care.